0: Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. Hey, women's basketball fans, Erica L. Ayala here, your host of Gotta Get Up. I am the founder of Black Rosie Media. Black Rosie Media is a community and an outlet that is empowering Black women and melanated creators in sports media. I'm excited to bring to you a revived version, but definitely new and improved. Gotta get up. Gotta get up. Gotta get up. New York Liberty fans, you probably recognize those lyrics. This is a podcast for you. Between experts that cover your favorite women's basketball team, day in and day out, to players past, present, and yes, future when we're covering draft prospects, we are going to bring you all things New York Liberty. The New York Liberty tipped off along with the WNBA season 27, 27 years for the league, 27 years for the New York Liberty, but they're still looking for that first championship title. And the new New York Liberty is getting a lot of buzz we know that the New York Liberty made big moves in the offseason, bringing in John Quell Jones, Courtney Vandersloot, and Brianna Stewart. And we're going to talk about those big signings and also some signings that maybe people aren't talking about as much as they should be when it comes to the New York Liberty. The 2022 WNBA season tipped off on Friday, and the New York Liberty were on the road taking on the Washington Mystics. This was the first look at the new starting five for the New York Liberty. And what we ultimately found out is that there is still more tinkering that needs to be done. And to talk about this performance by the New York Liberty, a little bit more about the offseason moves and our big predictions, and they are pretty big, On how the New York Liberty will fare in their 27th season, I will be joined by Brian Florentin. He is the head of WNBA content at The Local W. And here at Black Rosie Media, you'll see that we're going to be partnering with The Local W and Nets Republic a little bit more for this WNBA season, particularly on this podcast for New York Liberty fans. Without further ado, let me take you now to my conversation with Brian. Okay, basketball fans, I am here with Brian Florenton. Now, he is uh, your WNBA leader of content, head of content over at the Local W, also writes uh, about the Brooklyn Nets. But Brian, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Glad to be on. Thank you for having me.
0: For sure, for sure. We're going to get into the New York Liberty a little bit, but every time on any podcast that I have, I like to get to know the guest and have the audience get to know the guest a little by asking what I call the brown sugar question comes from the movie. But Brian, when did you fall in love with basketball?
1: Oh, I started when I was around 10, like the the moment where I found myself sort of hooked to basketball was game seven Lakers Blazers in 2000, when Kobe threw the lob to Shaq in the fourth quarter, I was like, this is where I need to be. So I've been hooked to basketball ever since and I've been sort of like on it all the time.
0: Wow, that's amazing. You like broke it down to a specific play. I love that. I love that so much. And we did tell everyone that we're gonna talk New York Liberty, but talk to me what about what the journey in basketball journalism has looked like for you in the last handful of years.
1: Sure, um, I got my start in about 2013. So um, I sometimes do work over at netsdaily.com, another site that covers basketball here in New York. And I just wrote like a, like we had a thing called a fan post. So like community members can sort of contribute articles. And I did one story about the Knicks that like everyone loved and they were like, Hey, you want to come work? I'm like, yeah, I'm down to come on. i am love to be here. And I've been with it ever since. Um, with the writing, it's so much fun because I get to really sort of take in the game, get to really watch on a particular deep level. And I think just and just since I love basketball, it's like, hey, this is picture perfect for me. It's just like I can just exactly. it in, I can have fun. I can enjoy it. This is really this is this is amazing. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything else.
0: I love that. Obviously, you're covering Brooklyn teams, the Nets and the New York Liberty. But what's your New York story?
1: Um well i my new york story well i'm born in brooklyn so that's half the battle right there and my new york story is i'm pretty much all over the place like i'm always on the run i'm i have like 20 million things i'm doing so just being in being in brooklyn being a part of community just sort of like being in various environments in various places i always feel like there's something for me here so that's sort of keeps me going that keeps me energized and that keeps me active so everything is everything is like picture perfect in that regard
0: I love that. I love that. Brooklyn through and through. I am originally from New York, not in New York these days, at least for now, holding it down in Tulsa, along with Sylvester Stallone, apparently. But uh, (laughs) um, All right, let's get to the task at hand and talk about this New York Liberty Squad. Now, before we kind of get into what a lot of people are calling the new New York Liberty Brian why don't you take us through what your thoughts are about how the New York Liberty ended last season
1: sure I think that when they ended 2022 they ended on a really high note after they there was one loss in Phoenix which I thought was the worst one of the year um yeah, it, it was right around the time they had finished up a, a back-to-back set with the Sparks that they dominated. And then they had a few days off going into Phoenix. And Phoenix, at that point, was really shorthanded. We know, obviously, what happened with BG. Diana was ruled out before the game. And like literally like five minutes before tip-off, Skyler was ruled out as well, too. So the Liberty were at full strength. For the first time all season, and it was Benazia's return game. And Phoenix didn't have anybody besides just Breonna Turner and Diamond the Shields. And the Liberty played what I thought was the most lethargic game I've seen from them in a long time. They just, they, they, they like after the, in the post game, Sandy was perplexed as to like how they played in that game. And they were all to a person just despondent about what happened. And it looked like it was going to be a point where they were going to miss out on the postseason, But in that last week, they really got it back in gear. They came out with a dominant win in Atlanta, and then they swept the home and home against the Dream. And especially on that last game, in the last game, the season finale, Atlanta was making a big push late, and then Natasha Howard hit the biggest shot of the season on a great pass in the corner where she. And mind you, Tosh was injured that game. I think she she was was still battling the sprained ankle, and she played such a heroic, valiant game, and she led the team to victory. And then they put up a heck of a fight against the Sky in the postseason. And even though they fell short, every player expressed excitement and optimism, and they were all proud of what they had accomplished. And I think also for the Liberty, 2022 was a big step forward because in the past couple of years, they had been... 2020 was COVID, 2019 and 2018, they were stuck in Westchester as ownership was giving them trouble. So the fact that they were able to really bring it home in Brooklyn on the last day of the season in a sold out building and really sort of carry that into a good showing in the the first round, it really put it really made uh it really made the season successful for them like they wanted to get a home game in their building they accomplished that they wanted to keep building on what they did in 2021 they did that they were able to adjust to a new coach new coaching staff new new style all on the fly and they had started 1 and 7 with so many injuries and players coming back from injury so mm-hmm. everything was like shaping up for things to go badly in the early part of the season but they showed a lot of toughness a lot of grit and perseverance to make it through to the finish line and really battle out and put forth a proud effort that I think everyone appreciated
0: yeah you did such a great job just recapping what happened essentially uh, the overall record 16 and 20 just making it in to the postseason as you mentioned where they took on the Chicago sky now they got the- first game against the sky. And I remember saying a lot of people were surprised that they got that win. I was like, I'm not really that surprised. They played Chicago earlier in the year. They played them pretty well. So, you know, I think, you know, that was a 86-88 loss. um, Mm -hmm. That was back in June. Um, And so, you know, you mentioned a lot of the injuries and the like. And so, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we saw what Chicago did, obviously, able to take Take that series and, you know, always a little bit of drama between Chicago and New York. Mm -hmm. But um, I I like what you said about the building blocks. Of course, Unfinished Business, I guess, had its world debut this year. But if you remember, Unfinished Business premiered Tribeca last year. So there was this hype around the new New York Liberty really started before any of the signings in the offseason. But... Brian, let's get to that off season because that's what, of course, everyone is talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't covering in the New York liberties since before I moved here to Tulsa and to the point where Jonathan Cole sometimes in virtual media be like, no, Erica, we're not in a, you know, we're not in a hybrid rebuild anymore. But some of the things that I have been pressing him about veteran point guard, veteran head coach. And some post support. I've been saying this since Tina Charles was on the team, mm-hmm. and so I think in a lot of ways, Brian, this off season you see the New York Liberty do all of those things.
1: Yep, it, like at, 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 the, at the at the press at the press conference for Brianna and Courtney, Jonathan Cole mentioned he had a whiteboard with one name JJ, another name Stewie, another name Courtney on it. And like you said, they, they cleared off every issue that they've been having the past couple of years, needing a steady point guard, having interior post scoring, having a, a forward that can, that can cover ground in a lot of areas. They accomplished all of that in just a span of a couple moves. And also, I think another thing that another important aspect that I think they took care of as well, too, was getting more athleticism on the perimeter with Kayla Thornton.
0: Yes, oh Brian, I love that you said that. Absolutely, explain that a little bit for fans.
1: Sure. What um, was that Phoenix game we talked about earlier? Diamond and Shields really just punished the Liberty on the perimeter. She would just drive by players all the time. She attacked the basket. She finished in traffic. She was able to blow by defenders, drive by them all the time. And the Liberty didn't really have the athleticism to match up with her. And Sandy Brondello had she she mentioned it throughout the year that hey, we're not the most we're not the most Athletic team in the WNBA so there was an issue where they needed to really just improve on and I think with Kayla she brings that level of athleticism she brings that toughness and Sandy mentioned a while back that she can guard four positions even some fives too if you you get her if you get the right matchup and I think Mm -hmm. also on offense she gives them someone who cuts really well because I like Mm. Like last year, sometimes the offense gets stagnant and they're just waiting for like a screen to bail somebody out or just someone to sort of like make something happen out of nowhere. So having a player who's heady, who knows where to go, who's able to sort of flash open when the defenses are really keyed in um, on Sabrina Ionescu, for example, just having someone who's really experienced and well seasoned and, and smart really just gives another avenue for the team to explore and really makes a, 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 a tough offense even more difficult to handle.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Did a live watch party of the New York Liberty game um, on Sunday. And that's exactly what I said to the point where I was like, we might be sleeping on that move for the New York Liberty. I know there's a lot of hype and we're going to get into and rightfully so with some of the other free agency moves. But that Kayla Thornton move, I like that. So I love that you brought that up, Brian. But okay, let's talk about some of the other moves as well. Courtney Vandersloot, you already mentioned Quell Jones. And of course, Stewie, to the point where we already got the Stew York going on here. Uh, What do, uh, particularly thinking of Vandersloot and uh, Brianna Stewart, what do you see them bringing to this New York Liberty squad?
1: I think what was what Courtney will bring first is just um, more experienced ball handling. And I think that it helps take a lot of pressure off Sabrina Inescu Ibnash, and Banash Laney so they don't have to create all the offense. In 21 yeah. and 22, they were tasked with doing a lot of the creation. So and it was a lot It was a lot on both of their shoulders. And I think having a player like Sloot who can handle, it also is an ace three-point shooter as well. So if, if, if defenders are trapping Sabrina, for example, she can kick it to Courtney and she can make something happen with a three-point shot or just like driving to the basket and finishing at the rim. So I think that she gives them another avenue and also I think it gives them someone where they can manage the perimeter player's minutes. So you won't need to mm. play. I think Sabrina Unesco was like top five in minutes last season, if I remember correctly. Crazy, yeah. So now we can have a moment where you can give her rest while, while while having someone like Courtney who can run the offense and find everyone in the proper positions. So I think that it allows Sandy to really rest her stars and not have to push anyone really high minutes lows, especially early in the season where everyone's just sort of getting their feet wet, getting, getting that basketball rhythm back after for some players having some time off from last season or the folks who are just coming back from overseas, not having to put too much on their bodies immediately in a WNBA environment. So I think that it gives everyone a chance to sort of like build and develop at a pace that's safe for them where they're not having to overburden and work themselves too hard at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. So we talked about Stewie and Sloot. Uh you, I know you mentioned JJ but I want to go back to her but I wanted to save and separate her because I think we have an interesting situation here Brian. The New York Liberty for years carried so many guards and yet still didn't have a true ball handler mm-hmm. but now we fixed that. Yep. All right? We've got as you mentioned Sab and and Van der Sloot. I think that's going to be an amazing mix up or or matchup, excuse me, and and combo. But now I, it makes me wonder Do we have now the oppo problem? Do we have too many post players? Because now you have JJ. Mm -hmm. You have Stewie, although, you know, arguably can be a little bit flexible. I think probably the four is her best spot, I would say, or the spot that you would want to have her play on a Liberty squad. But then you've got Dolson, you've got Hanju, and eventually you'll have Sabali as well. And we already talked about Kayla Thornton can basically play one through four, and she was posting up, Aaliyah Boston, we'll get to that in a little bit. So what is your thought on what the post position looks like? And are we going to see some of these players once Sabali gets healthy and Hanju? Are we going to see them get significant enough minutes?
1: I think that's a really interesting question. Um, one thing about the Liberty last season was that they were really poor on the boards. Like, that was a big issue for them. And there were games where their lack of rebounding really sort of bit them in the butt at the very end. So they were able to take care of that. In um, game today, Sandy mentioned that she's still trying to figure out the rotations. And so far, like, Han hasn't gotten many minutes yet, which I think has some Liberty fans cranky about it. But it's two games in, so, you know, we got to see where it goes from there. And I think that, I think especially having two young bigs with Han and Niara, I think that having a lot of the depth in front of them just allows them the opportunity to sort of like learn, continue learning and developing without having the crush of having to be an instant contributor right now. One thing oh. that... um in, in media day, something that Sandy and Olaf Lang mentioned was that Han is still getting reacclimated back to the WNBA speed after playing in the WCBA during the off season. Because they mentioned that when Han dominated at the World Cup, she was just coming right off the Liberty season, where she was able to really. Attack the fast speed of the WNBA and developed so quickly and she transferred that over into TV play where she was in the in the top five for most outstanding players in the tournament and then coming back from WCBA where the pace and style of play is a little bit different than here in the WNBA it might take a little bit more time so I think that with having the depth that they have right now it gives the young bigs time to really just sort of get their feet wet really continue learning learn the playbook developing the styles everything like that and then I I think I would say probably by like end of the season, I feel like the young bigs will have a chance to really get their, get their shine and really be able to contribute. Because I think especially with this franchise, they've mentioned a lot about not just for this season, but in the future as well too. So if you have two young bigs who can, like Han can do pretty much everything on the basketball court. Niara is a really she she really impressed the team during training camp. So I think that giving them the opportunity to learn slowly without having the pressure of needing to contribute or match up against bigs like BG or when they when they see Vegas having to deal with Asia and Candace, just giving them the opportunity to sort of learn as they go without the pressure of be, of needing to be a major contributor now, I think I think would benefit them down the line.
0: I love it. So, so much promise. As you mentioned, Sandy Brundello head coach in her second full season or just second season overall with the New York Liberty, still trying to figure out the rotation. So to be determined there, but it was a a weekend split for the New York Liberty. They played two games on opening day, opening tip off was Friday. And then as we've alluded to, we're recording on Sunday. So post game. Now, all this talk about super team, the new New York, Stu, you know, Stu York, all this stuff, all the hype. And you know, some people were thinking after that Washington game, wait a minute, did we did we, you know, hit accelerate too fast? Mm-hmm. What did you see from that loss to Washington? It was an 80-64 loss at Washington.
1: I thought in the first game, they I thought they were too unselfish. They they turned it over 20 times and there were a couple plays where they had open shots, but they made the extra pass trying to really feed their teammate and make an even better play. Whereas take whereas not going with like the initial instinct of, hey, I'm open, is, is it is within the photo offense, let me let me attack from there. So I thought that the turnovers, especially, because Washington had about like maybe nineteen fast break points, if I remember correctly. So they were able to cash in every time the Liberty made a mistake. And mm-hmm. I think with first day, especially like first day blues, it's tough. And it's always sort of tricky to sort of shake it out. Like the best, the one thing I compared it to is like, ha, ha, um, have you ever been to like the first night of a tour where like an artist is like, yeah. trying to figure out like, you know, hey, what's the set list I'm going to go with? How like right. how am I gonna sequence the songs here? Do I have do I have the intermission here? What do I right. and the ad lib that kind of thing? So I I looked at the first game as almost like the first night of like a forty leg tour that's gonna take you around the world. <laughs> so like if if you paid for the first night and you were expecting you know. Beachella, you weren't gonna get it, but if you, if you come back in like a couple weeks, you're gonna get your night one beachella, and you're gonna be happy with what's Okay,
0: I love that. It's like you know, not the 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 star and the lighting crew—they're not quite not quite in sync yet. Uh, yes. And that's essentially, yeah, that's essentially what it felt like. Sandy Brondello. This is why I love her. She's not New York. She's not a New Yorker, but she could be because she came out from that post-game press conference and was like, yeah, we we didn't play well. Like She was just just straight to the point, no feeling around it, just facts being facts. And to your point, yes, it was 16. So you were close, 16 fast break points for the Mystics. And that just looked like a pretty well-oiled machine mm-hmm. that they didn't need that extra time when it came to the chemistry. I think you're right. About, you know, first leg of, of a 40, I like how you did that, 40, 40 stop tour of 40 games in the WNBA this year. But I think it's also other teams you saw, especially on the games Friday, the, the shots were a little long, maybe a little short, as all the players are getting their legs and their rhythm back together. But Courtney Vandersloot before Sunday's game mentioned exactly what you said, Brian, talking about and was actually asked. I feel like it might have been the homie Miles Ehrlich who asked the question. I can't remember exactly, but was asked about how do you balance uh, taking opportunities, taking shot opportunities versus feeding uh, your teammates? And Courtney was like, yeah, you know, she mentioned preseason, but I think we saw that in the Washington game as well got to figure that out. And I think in Friday's game, you could see much more. We saw it Sunday too, but it's like, okay, who's, who has the better shot? Who's, who's shot? Like when JJ is here, it's her, it's her shot period. They don't know those things yet. Mm-hmm. And so we're still seeing that team grow, but Hey, didn't take a week though, Brian, cause Sunday's game. I mean, come on. They were looking pretty Now, okay, no shade, but facts are facts. They were playing Indiana. Yep. Now, Indiana, we could talk about them on another podcast. I think there's some promise with Indiana, but they are in a proper rebuild. There's no hybrid about it. They're rebuilding that squad. And the New York Liberty were able to take a commanding lead in the first quarter, ultimately win this one 90-73. to 73. Of course, the big storyline was what Brianna Stewart was able to do, dropped to. 45 points and basically played three and maybe a quarter <laughs> quarters of the game. fourth. <laughs> that was just wild. It was so, and, and Stewie was interviewed by Holly Rowe if, uh, or no, it wasn't because it wasn't on. Um, anyway, she was interviewed and she talked about the fast start. She talked about, the team needing to have a fast start. And that's exactly what they did. You saw the chemistry a little bit more, but you also saw Stewie facilitating. And that to me, Ryan, is dangerous.
1: Yep like one thing I was thinking about a lot was that with Brianna her pa- like she's such a good passer and she's always going to draw so many eyes on the ball when she's either rolling to the basket or she's in the post or she's catching it on the go so her being able to i guess to borrow a term use use her gravity to get shots for everyone else is so valuable and yep. even when even when she was heating up I felt that it wasn't anything where it's just like oh you just clear out let her do whatever everything came within the flow of the offense you saw the yes movement. You saw, you saw what happens when um, JJ and Sabrina would run a pick and roll, and then Sabrina can kick it out to Stewie, who's coming up on the wing for a wide open three. We we really saw what the early work of 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 how the Liberty have been practicing in training camp and what they've been trying to run in the preseason games. When everyone's been here, you started to see it really blossom today, and you really saw what I felt was a lot of patience from the group it didn't feel as if anyone was rushed it didn't feel as if anyone had to really try to like make home run plays you just got to run you, you run your you run your stuff you trust what you're doing and then good shots are going to be there because there's no weak points on offense on the court when the big 5 are in so every so defenses especially young defenses have to be on tilt and then if you have even like a second miss even even a second of take of like not take, taking your mind off the play New York is going to be able to capitalize and get an easy basket as a result.
0: Yeah, you, we talked about fast break points against Washington. They held the Indiana Fever just to four points overall while having 17 fast break points of their own. Now, this is something that I think I thought was interesting. Points in the paint. Now, of course, you have Aaliyah Boston playing for Indiana, but it wasn't only Boston getting looks in the paint. I thought Indiana did do a pretty good job um, of sometimes getting the Liberty up in the air, especially some of their post players, or dipping under. Mm-hmm. And they had 34 points in the paint to the New York Liberty's 30. I don't think that's going to be an every night occurrence, but it was just something, again, with a, a pretty scrappy Indiana team, a rebuilding Indiana team um, that they they allowed so many points in the paint. But um, So night and day there. Now the next game, I think this is going to be a fun one, Saturday, May 27th. It's a Commissioner's Cup game. You know, that's the kind of in-season tournament. It's going to be at Barclays, and they're playing the Connecticut Sun. Now, not only are these two teams – you probably throw Washington in there. Sometimes when I do my hockey coverage, I call them the I-95 teams, you know, basically Washington, New York, Connecticut. Um, But also Rebecca Allen – will be playing the New York Liberty with her new team, JJ playing her former team now with the New York Liberty. Um, I think this could be interesting because what we've seen from Connecticut so far, they're 2-0 and they are sticking to their system or what has worked for them in the past, even though they have a new head coach. Stephanie White returns to the WNBA this time. With the Connecticut Sun, and it's all about defense. So, how do you think that could impact this new New York Liberty team as they really try to still feel out their offense? Yeah,
1: I think one thing to really watch for in Saturday's game is the rebounding numbers. New York struggled with that a lot last year, and like we mentioned, with the increased size, they're gonna that's gonna be put to the test really early because Bree Jones is, is a beast on the boards. At is incredible; like she can, yep. she's just like a, a, a dual all on the basketball court. So it's she's gonna, army
0: knife. Yep, nope.
1: He's going to be a handle. <laughs> Bonner well experienced. I think she's like 6-5. So she's really experienced. Yep. Beck Allen, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an emotional day for her because she mm-hmm. was with the franchise I think that's far back as 2015, lot. yeah, from like the She's highs. She's been
0: through a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like she- back in the Madison Square Garden days when Lambeer was not finding her minutes, I went off on that on a, <laughs> on a, on a live stream. But uh, yeah, Beck Allen's been there for a minute, you know, but that's the business
1: yeah so I, I think that it's going to be a great test to see how New York is able to gain rebound how they're going to be able to communicate and how they're going to be able to really try to make sure that they don't make any mistakes because I think with with an experienced team like Connecticut they're going to be able to really capitalize if the Liberty aren't careful with the ball if there's any sort of like if they're making any mm-hmm. lapses in coverage so it's going to be a great test for, for, for their levels of communication and how and how the program is going so far so I'm I'm looking forward to see what they do on Saturday afternoon.
0: I agree with you completely. The communication, in particular, because like I said, early returns from Connecticut is that they want to play tight and compact. They're not going to run up the score. That's not their game. They're going to stay aggressive defensively, but like you said, take advantage of mistakes and even against Indiana. The New York Liberty had some unforced errors, maybe trying to get a little too fancy with the passing. That's from what I remember eye test wise. That's what it looked like. And again, second game, you know, first home game, things are going to happen but this is a Connecticut team that will make you pay. Brian, listen, man, we met like five minutes before we started recording, but like, this has been fun. Like we just, we just pop it off. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to bring you back. But you know, I sent you like four bullet points and then asked you like 20 questions that were not any of those. But uh, we'll end with how we said we were gonna end. Way too early returns. But what is your prediction for this new New York Liberty team in 2023?
1: I see them winning everything. I think they're going. Let's go. I think they're going to make it to the top. I think they're going to make it to the top of the mountain. Bring the championship to New York. Bring us our first basketball championship in almost fifty years. It's been a long. Ooh,
0: time. Been a long let's time. go.
1: But New York is ready, and I think this is the group that's going to be able to do it.
0: You heard it first. Hey, Alexa, play Unfinished Business by Joan Jett. Let's go. All right, Brian. Yo, this was so much fun. I'm gonna have to have you back because we just chopping up two New Yorkers talking New York basketball. You'll love to hear it. You'll love to see it.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you. And I would love to be back on in the future
0: that's for that you already know we're going to have you back but before we let you go anything that New York Liberty fans can look for so this this will be dropping at the top of the week any coverage plans that you have over at the Local W or Nets Republic or anywhere else that we should keep an eye on?
1: Um, this week, we're going um, to, the, the team is going to put out the media availability schedule this week. So I'm going to try to see if I can head down to Barclays, do some interviews of practice. I'll try to have some stuff up at Local W and Nets Daily for postgame week, for, for postgame for this game. And definitely just sort of gearing up for the week. We have a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot of exciting things coming, a lot of different avenues. It's going to be a lot of great coverage. So hoping everyone locks in with us.
0: Oh, you already know. And we will make sure to plug everything you have going. But Brian, thank you so much for chopping it up. We're talking New York Liberty. And like I said, we're going to have to have you back. But uh, until then, enjoy the week, get some good quotes and get us ready for Saturday. We'll be watching.
1: Appreciate you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans presented by Black Rosie Media. We will be back next week. And as you heard Brian and I talk, we have a big game coming up Saturday against the Connecticut Sun. You're not going to want to miss any bit of it. Make sure if you're not already, you subscribe to Black Rosie Media on YouTube and make sure you give not only Black Rosie Media, but also the local W, a follow on social media. That way, you're not missing any of your WNBA content, but particularly, you won't miss any of the great interviews and insights that we have on your New York Liberty. Until next week, Erica L. Ayala signing out.